Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Today I want to tell you two parallel stories. One is a true story from the Bible. The other is a fictitious story, but it's real enough that it might as well be true. And each story will demonstrate the truth that in Jesus there is hope for the hopeless. I don't know what life was like for her growing up. As a matter of fact, I don't know a lot of details about her life. Frankly, all I know is that very recently she engaged in a very poor decision. She got herself caught up in an adulterous relationship. It wasn't a good choice. She should have known better. As a matter of fact, her offense is actually so severe that the law that guides her people indicates in the book of Leviticus chapter 20 verse 10 that she should be put to death, stoned to death for this offense. And she's been caught in the act. And the religious leaders in her community have brought her to Jesus as a prop to see if they can put Jesus to the test and see if he really is a so-called religious leader. But at the same time, they'd probably also really like to see her get punished for what she's done. From all practical standpoints, this woman's situation is hopeless. Hopeless. I'm not sure what she was planning on doing the rest of this day. Maybe she was going to go to the market or hang out with friends, but the rest of the day now, it's in the hands of these religious leaders. All of those hopes that she had for her day are merely fleeting now as her poor decision has led to this hopeless situation. Life is no fun when you find yourself in a hopeless situation. Sometimes, like the woman, we actually are the ones who create the hopeless situation for ourselves. But other times, life just hands us something and we become merely the recipients of a hopeless situation. I want to tell you another story about a boy whose situation is hopeless, but in no way is it his own fault. He's in middle school, and he's shorter than the rest of his class. Already, because of his genetic makeup, that's drawn the attention of some bullies in his class. And after picking on him for his size, they continue to ratchet up the attacks and the torment day after day. And they begin to pick on him for his personality, his lack of athletic ability. They continue then to ridicule him for his choice of friends, his parents' jobs, on and on and on. Life is no fun when you find yourself in a hopeless situation. Sometimes we create the hopeless situation for ourselves, like the woman, and sometimes we're merely the recipients of a hopeless situation like this young boy. But things can get often even worse in our lives when the people surrounding us 
make the situation worse. For the woman, her own poor decision led to her hopeless situation, but now all these people surrounding her, the Jewish leaders, they see what she is, has done, and the religious law at that time from Leviticus and other places in the Mosaic law say that she should be stoned to death. And so they go and they find her in her home, they take her out of her home, and today they bring her directly to Jesus. At this point, I, I can only imagine for her that she's wondering which step will be her last. Is this going to be the next one? Is this step going to be my last? These religious leaders, they've already condemned her in their own minds, but now they want to see what Jesus will say if, if this new religious leader on the scene will agree with them or not. So they find Jesus, and they come up to Jesus, and they say to Jesus, Hey, teacher, Hey, teacher, this woman has been caught in adultery. Now, in the law, Moses commanded us that a woman like this should be stoned to death. What do you say, Jesus? The woman surrounding, or the, the, the people surrounding this woman, they care nothing about her. She's just a prop in their ploy to put Jesus to the test. And really, they, they would love to see her get punished, I believe. See, when your situation is already hopeless and the people around you make it worse, do you have any chance of hope? For the boy, the bullies are relentless. Even though the kid being bullied, he, he actually knows that some of these bullies have rough home lives themselves. Some of them have actually horrible home lives. Some of them have been bullied themselves. But for this boy, even knowing that, it doesn't make anything better for him. It still, it still makes things hard on him. And they, they never leave him alone at school. They're always ridiculing him. But even after school, often the negativity follows him home as well. Even though this young boy, he has the best family possible. His parents try their best to love him and care for him. And yet the negativity in his head is so hard to shake. He tries not to engage in anything online at home, no social media or texting, because when he does, it's just, it's terrible for him. And, and, and when he does engage with other people uh, online at, at, at home, if it's not the bullies trying to bully him further, it's other people asking him about the bullies, and he just doesn't want these other kids to dictate his life. See, when he tries to avoid them, that negative voice continues to ring in his own mind. When your situation is hopeless, whether you create it or whether you're the recipient of it, and then other people around you make it worse, is there any chance for hope? Yes, there is. What we need to hear today and what we will hear today is that Jesus is Hope for the hopeless. For the woman, Jesus never condones her behavior. He doesn't admit that it's acceptable. The, the religious leaders simply ask Jesus, what do you say, Jesus? What should we do about her? And then Jesus bends down and begins doodling something in the dirt. Nobody can really see what he's drawing, but he's writing in the dirt. 
The woman's wondering, what is he doing? The religious leaders continue to talk to him, saying, what are you doing, Jesus? What do you say? What do you say, Jesus? And Jesus looks up at them, and he says, let him who is without sin among you be the first one to throw a stone at her. And then he proceeds to continue doodling in the sand. They haven't been very honest, the religious leaders, about their own sinful lives. And, and in all honesty, they actually haven't been very fair to this woman. See, according to the Mosaic law that they're quoting, uh, it actually not only should the woman be put to death, but also the man should be put to death. They've condemned the woman, but what about the man? They're going to let him go? And, and they're not being very honest about their own sin-ridden lives when Jesus says, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. All of a sudden, their hearts say, oh. So one by one, from oldest to youngest, they walk away. And then Jesus, after doodling in the dirt, looks up once again and locks eyes with this lost, condemned, hopeless woman. And he says, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she says, no one, Lord. And Jesus responds to her, well, neither do I then condemn you. Go from now on and sin no more. When a hopeless person meets Jesus, they will experience that Jesus is hope for the hopeless. The boy and his family, they regularly attend church. Thanks be to God. And, and the boy, you know, he, he, he loves his church. And in his church, it's the season of Advent now. And the boy has always loved the holiday season. Just, just a couple of days ago, his family had a wonderful Thanksgiving. His out-of-town cousins had come to visit, and they had a wonderful time. His family did their annual Christmas tree hunt and cut down a tree in the woods. They've set it up in their home. It's all decorated. He loves this. And now when he comes to church for this first Sunday of Advent, his pastor on this day reminds them about what the word Advent means. The word Advent, he says, means coming and it's this reminder of, uh, to the church here on earth that, that God is a God who comes to his people in three different ways. First, he came when he was born in the manger. He comes to us presently now in his word of forgiveness and in his sacraments for our forgiveness. And he will come once again to make all things new. He came, he comes, and he will come Again, long story short, the pastor was reminding them, Jesus never leaves you alone. He is always with you and he will always be with you. And the pastor on this day gives the congregation a little bit of homework. And he says to them, I want you this week to, to find a, a way daily to remind yourself, but also to remind others that Jesus is real and he is present right here, right now, in this moment. So later on that day at their family evening dinner, the mom and the dad say to their son, son, how are you going to do this? How are you going to let other people know, remind them that Jesus is real and present right now? And the son rather boldly says at the dinner table, I'm going to forgive the bullies. 
And his parents say, how are you going to do that? And he says, I, I'm not quite sure right now, but I just figure the, the way that I know that Jesus is most real is that he forgives me. And if Jesus forgives me, I'm going to forgive them. So the next day at school, he walks into the school, and the bullies are right there to greet him with their Monday morning antics, picking on him for how much food he must have eaten at Thanksgiving or the little bit of food. And instead of walking away this day, he turns and he faces them, and he takes a deep breath, and he looks them in the eye, and he says, as Jesus forgives me, I forgive you. He turns and walks away. At first, it kind of shocked the bullies, right? But then they picked up on what he said, and they continue to antagonize him for what he has said, and so he turns around again. With a deep breath and confidence, he looks him in the eye and he says, as Jesus forgives me, I forgive you. And he walks to class. And at lunchtime, he says it again. And at the end of the day, he says it again. And the next day, he says it again and again and again. Because for this boy, the real present Jesus, who forgives the sins of the world and forgives him, is speaking through him forgiveness to these people. And he feels the power of the Holy Spirit living in him because it is only by the power of Jesus that he can speak forgiveness. He knows that Jesus is with him. And he feels in this moment, that Jesus is real and present. And what, what the boy learned and what he demonstrated to those bullies and to his whole school is this. That when a hopeless person meets Jesus Christ, they will experience that Jesus is hope for the hopeless. Jesus left the woman with these final words. Go and sin no more. I wonder how she did with that. <laughs> Likely not very well, as we know that there is no one without sin. But what she had experienced with Jesus, I'm, I, I want to believe, changed her life. Maybe she followed after him further. I don't know. But what she experienced is that Jesus is hope for the hopeless. He was hope for her when she had nothing left. And Jesus is hope for you. For the boy, well, there are thousands of stories just like this boy and many of them end in all kinds of different ways, but because I'm the one telling the story today, I'm going to end this one on a positive note. See, this young boy continued to go to school and live life with a renewed sense of strength and hope in Jesus Christ. It didn't always make things easier for him, but he knew that his God is real and present with him. And eventually, gradually, the bullies left him alone because they couldn't do anything for him. And in the boy's life, the words of Isaiah 40, which we read earlier, continued to be a repeating chorus in his mind as he grew in strength and wisdom in the Lord. These words, God gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I'm sure many of you can relate in many instances to the woman and in many instances to this young boy or somewhere in between. 
That there have been periods of your life, whether you created the situation or whether you are a recipient of it or whether people around you are making it worse, where you have been in a hopeless situation. If left to ourselves, we have no hope, but thankfully we are not left to ourselves. Jesus comes to us. Jesus met the woman. Jesus met the boy. Jesus is here to meet us today. And when Jesus meets us and we experience him, there is hope for the hopeless. The Bible oftentimes talks about hope being like an anchor for our souls. Jesus is your anchor of hope. My friends, I pray that for you this Advent season, but even beyond that, that your lives would be securely anchored to Jesus Christ. And that anchor is secure and it is firm as the storms of life come and toss you this way and that way, spin you in circles, the waves bring you up and crash you down. Jesus is the one thing that remains the same. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. His word of forgiveness is for you. He is real and he is present. He has come for you. He comes for you. He will come again for you. Jesus is hope for the hopeless. In his name, amen.